Hey guys, it's Kat. So before today's episode starts, I wanted to plug my Patreon. By contributing every month, you'll get access to exclusive episodes and creative content. The funding helps me afford new equipment and a better listening experience for you. The link to that Patreon is going to be www.patreon.com slash I'll leave that link in the description below, but if uninterested, enjoy today's episode. Bye. Test, test, one, two, three. Test, test, one, two, three. Hey guys, welcome to Brain Food. I finally don't have headphones on. Like I finally did a soundtrack where I'm like, soundtrack. I finally did a sound check where I'm not scared to be checking the sound every five seconds. So I'm going to start my timer right now. We're going to start the episode. Today is episode eight of season three. And today we're going to talk about PTSD. But let's talk about my week first. Because I had a pretty pretty good week this week. Um, I worked a lot. But wait, guys, look. I've had like this really old, like, guys, not even kidding. Like I had like (laughs) this phone since like 2020, which is like boohoo, poor me. But like. The camera like didn't work. The sound didn't work. My phone would die within like seconds. But I got the new iPhone 14. And look at that. Wait, let it focus. If you're watching on YouTube, look at that. Look how good. Let me focus back on myself though. Okay, but yeah. I had a really good week this week. Um, I got my nails done. If you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, because then you could see me. Got my nails done. Got my toes done. And um, getting my hair dyed. And I got my new phone and I have this apartment and I can like have central AC and like not die. And it just feels good when you're like making money and you're spending it, which like it sucks to spend it, but you're spending it and you know it's for something. You all hear those kids yelling outside? Damn. Okay. Um, but yeah, today we're going to talk about PTSD because that was one of the big ones that I wanted to talk about and I just talked to my therapist so I thought it would be like the perfect time to like, you know, reflect on that because I just talked to my therapist about it and that was like our ending note today was like we talked about some really bad stuff that happened to me when I was younger but we're going to talk about it today and we're going to talk about, oh sorry, my um my ringer's on, he, sorry. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about PTSD today and some healthy coping mechanisms to deal with trauma or childhood trauma, any, any trauma. Um, we're going to talk about how we can cope with it in a healthy way and not in unhealthy ways because I've done both in my lifetime so far. I've done some really unhealthy things when it comes to coping with things that make me uncomfortable or things I don't want to deal with. I cope by either not dealing with it and not acknowledging that it happened and then it bites me in the ass like a year or two later and you're like wait maybe that thing that happened to me wasn't so good and I ignored it for too long and now it's too late because like now no now it's not too late it's just I let too much time pass by where like I didn't get to think about it so now when I think about it it's so intense because I just literally blocked it out for so long it's just every time I think about it it's just so intense and I don't even it's just an overstimulation I don't even know how to begin to like try to pick apart what happened so I think today we are going to start off with some things I'll talk about some things that have happened to me and especially I've been especially like nit been nitpicky with myself this week because I talked about this last episode 
And I've been talking about how a lot of men have been giving me attention and how like I've never been used to that. So it's been really strange for me to like try to go along with it when I don't even know what I'm doing. Can everything stop making noise? Maybe. Um, the big thing with me is like when I was a kid, I never really got attention from boys or like people that I liked. And the more and more that I think back, I think that every sexual experience that I've ever had in my life has ended with, no, stop touching me. Where like nothing bad ever happened. It was just like somebody was crossing a boundary and I had to like put my foot down and now I look like a bitch. Which like, I'm not a bitch. But when men start to see you as like this shrew and like something that's untamable, because I'm always constantly like whenever I get into an intimate situation with a man I am very not touchy and I've talked about that a lot I'm not a touchy person and when people start to invade my personal space I will kindly say okay I don't like that okay I don't like that stop stop and then I have to like physically like be like get the fuck off of me and then it's like oh now I'm a bitch so I don't think I've ever had an experience where it wasn't like that. Um, when I was 13, I went on this family cruise and I was hanging out with like a bunch of older kids from like Europe and they were like 17, 18, almost like 13. And like at the time, like it's cool, but experience like these have definitely molded what I desire sexually out of people and it's not good. Because what happened to me was not good. And I'm aware of that. So, you know, whenever I get into situations like where I am right now, it's like, okay, let's take a step back. Let's actually dissect this a little bit and see why you want this specific person and is it good or bad for you. So we're going to start with that there and then we'll go into some more stuff. So when I was 13, I was hanging out with these older kids and, you know, when you're 13 and like 18 year olds and 17 year olds want to hang out with you, like you think it is like the best thing ever and that you're the coolest person alive. And like, that's, you know, I, I didn't grow up with a lot of friends. I didn't grow up with like a lot of people like even talking to me. And whenever I did, they were like, shut the fuck up. So for like older cool kids that like didn't know me, didn't know me from school and like they wanted to talk to me, it was like, this is a dream come true. Like, I don't know. It's hard to explain because <laughs> talking about it, it's like I want to grab my younger self and be like, no, nope, bad. But whatever. There is like, these couple of boys that like I had a crush on and like they had a crush on me back. And like it was like, ooh, they have a crush on me back. Like boys at school never have a crush on me back. Boys at home never have a crush on me back. And like in retrospect, like when I was 17 or even now at 18, like why would I be looking at an, a 13-year-old boy or girl? Like, let's be real. That's fucked up and that's gross. So, but me at 13, I was like, oh my God, Wattpad story. It's coming true. My fan fictions are coming true. And I remember like this guy, like I remember kissing him and then like he was like grabbing places and I was like whoa I don't want that I was just like I just thought we were gonna kiss and that was gonna be it because like when I was 13 like sex wasn't even in the equation of like things I would be doing 
like I knew about it and like knew how it worked but like me doing that no like I that wasn't even in the equation like wasn't even thinking about that and I just remember being like no and he was like why not and I'm being like and I'm being like why do I have to explain myself like because I was like because no like I don't want to and he was just like you know how guys beg and they're like trying to like cooperate to get their way and and I'm like no and then whatever I just he just kept trying to and like I eventually had to fucking smack him and be like no and I just walked away and that was like my first real like sexual experience I like just turned 13 and I've already had to be like ew gross men and that was my ideology of men of like ew like they're grabby they're touchy like time not it's time not to trust them anymore so when I was 14 like I'd gotten to like numerous situations like that but like I don't want to slut shame my 14 year old self but like I was getting really drunk all the time and throwing myself onto people which is like it's my fault but at the same time like I remember when I was 14 I went to this party and it was my best it was my best friend I've talked about this party where it was like the first time I smoked weed and like I remember I was snapchatting this guy and he was like my best friend my best friend's boy ex-boyfriend's best friend and he lived like four or five towns over and like I never met him in person but like my friend was just like you have to meet him you have to talk to him blah 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 so we can like hang out together and I'm like 14 year old self like okay like and they were they were 18 and or 17 they were seniors in high school as a freshman and I went to this party and he was there and I was so excited I was talking to him the whole time and I got really drunk and really high and I had to like go inside like her house and like just lay down and I remember he came in and I was like yes my dream and things turned really intense and really aggressive really fast. He jumped on top of me and, like, grabbed my wrists and, like, pinned me down. But I was, like, so fucked up and drunk. I was just, like, laughing. And my, one of my friends came in and she slammed the door open and was, like, get the fuck off of her and just, like, get out. And I was just, like, hmm, that's the second time that 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 that's happened like that where like I've had to be like no no but like that time I was really drunk so like I was saying no but like not aggressive enough for him to be like okay but I was still saying no and that was the second time and it happened like three or four more times throughout my life and it's happened like five times this month already so I talked to my therapist about it today. I was just like, I don't, I don't really know what to say except for no, for men to understand that like, no, you know, (laughs) and it's, it's made my, my relationship with intimacy and sex very warped and it's made it really uncomfortable for me to like try to approach the subject or like you know here's the thing with me and I'm not gonna lie okay I flirt I get another person to like me and as soon as it starts to turn to like intimate and like touchy I'm like oh bye nope like because when it comes to like touching and things like that like I've only been hurt in those situations and I'm very aware of that so 
I try to steer away from it and it's not fair to the other person because I genuinely do like these people that I play this game with, but I just, I can't. It's first of all, uncomfortable to have that conversation of like, oh, I'm sorry. It's very uncomfortable for me to touch you because men have touched me inappropriately. Uh, (laughs) So it's, it's very hard for me to. And, but then there's another side of me that's like, okay, well maybe you just shouldn't be trying then. Like maybe if you are aware of the fact that this is the way you are, maybe you should stop doing this. But it's like at the same time, like I'm so torn because like I know I'm capable of doing what I want to do. It's just very scary for me. Um, what time is it? What time are we at? We're at, wait one second. 12 minutes. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. Because I'm talking and I hear my voice getting raspy. So today we have, so I made this in my French press. I got an aluminum French press. Um, this is cold brew. I made some cold brew and I make it for like five days at a time. Look at that focus. Um, I get a little milk frother and I put some um, Splenda. But it's not Splenda because Splenda is bad for you. But it's like Splenda. It's like monk, monk fruit. And I froth it up in there okay so so yeah um talked to my therapist about it today and I was just like yeah this is definitely why um even friendly touching now which I've encountered a lot in the past couple months where it's just like I'm talking to a guy we're like I'm more confident now when it comes to talking to men talking to men when it comes to talking to him, I used to be very, very scared and very, very like timid and like <laughs> and shy and like, eh. but like now I'm just like more confident and I can approach men, you know, when I like them and like let them know that I like them without playing a game. And, but it's very hard for me to cross the boundary of like the next step of that, which is like friendly touching and blah, blah, blah. So like I was out with this guy. And this was like months ago, months ago. And he, I don't know. He, he just kept touching my leg. First time I, w- I literally just like, sh- like shooed my way, shooed my leg out of the way. I was just like, oh no, like literally like no. And then the second time he put his hand on my leg and kept it there. And I literally was looking at him in the eye while he was talking to me, but couldn't fucking hear a word he said. I was so uncomfortable. I was just like, mm, on the inside. So that was like my first, like, why, like, why, like, this should, like, when I think of, like, men or, like, what I want out of a relationship like that, like, I'm thinking about that and it doesn't make me feel like that. But when it actually happens, it, like, disgusts me. And it's very confusing because like, I know what I want sexually out of a romantic relationship, but when it starts to get like physical like that, I'm just like, oh no, ew, like literally ew, (laughs) like don't touch me. But it's like also touch me, but like I, I'm very confused. So I talked to my therapist about it today. I'm like, see now, why is this happening? Let's talk about it. And I think it all stems back to like, what I said, like when I was like 14, 15, like I also like my best friend when I was 15 was a guy and he would drive me. He was a senior and 
he would like drive me home from school every day. We do everything together. And I like kind of had the notion that he had a crush on me, but it like wasn't a strong enough feeling where like it would interfere with our friendship. Like I was just kind of like a little joke where it was like, does he like me? Nah, if he does, it's fine. Let me see, bro. This is my anxiety right now. Let me see if this sound is working. Hello? Okay, it's fine. Yeah. So he he was 17 turning 18 and I was just had turned 15. And you know, I could say like, you know, maybe I should just stop hanging around people that are older than me, but like I don't know. I like to and like maybe that's the problem also, but so whatever. He was really against drinking and, you know, not against it, but like he didn't drink. He didn't hang around people who like drank a lot or smoked or did drugs and like exhibit A. I think also I was like the first girl that he hung out with that much. And I was doing a lot of drugs, doing drinking a lot, but never around him. Like whenever I was around him, I was just like. I could just be myself with him. And it was like the first male relationship where like I knew he liked me, but like it wasn't scary for me. It wasn't inter- interfering or like making me uncomfortable. Like it was just like he was attracted to me and like that was it. And I remember one time we went to my house and I had a bunch of like guys and my girlfriends over and he drank and I was like, okay, King go off like (laughs) and I was drinking a lot and a lot and I just kept going and going and going and I remember I I like kissed him on the cheek been like I love you just like as a friend which is so fucked up but I did because okay I hate to use the excuse of like I was drunk but I was I was being loopy and like loose and like being like I love you and he took that as like I love you and not I love you and I think that set a switch off in his drunk brain where he was just like oh she wants me and I'm like 15 drinking fucking four locos getting fucked up on a Tuesday night not what I was thinking about (laughs) and I um I what's it called I I just remember, I don't know if I passed out or like I, I fell asleep and all of a sudden I wake up, if you're watching on YouTube, I wake up to this. I wake up to that. Three people with their flashlights on recording and this guy is on top of me and feeling me up and I literally woke up and was like, what the fuck like I, I I remember just being like stop 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 but I was like so drunk where I was saying stop like don't fucking get it twisted like I was like stop stop get off of me get off of me and it went on for like fucking 15 seconds and like all my friends are like my quote-unquote friends these people that I was with were like were, I was I bleh, I was with were like Ooh, like get it like you know like recording this guy like as if like he's getting some fucking action he's fucking feeling up a drunk 15 year old girl who's not conscious and it's like 
I literally like the last time I like need him in the dick. I was like, get the fuck off of me and get the fuck out of my house. Like I sobered up really quick because I felt in danger because I was in danger. Like, it's not like, you know, it's going to take off my clothes right in front of everybody. But like, what if those people weren't there? You know, and I can make the argument of like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have been getting that drunk. But like at the same time, like maybe that guy shouldn't have been having those ideas in his head, you know. And I remember the night before this even happened, I was literally telling him about how I've always had like that relationship with guys where like, not that they're always trying to take advantage of me. It's just like they never because guys never would, you know, they would take advantage of me. But like I was also smart enough and conscious enough to be like no so it was just betrayal and disgust and I think that really fucked me up I'm not gonna lie I think that's one of the most like in my top five most messed up things that is that have ever happened to me and it wasn't even as extreme as it could have been but it it really felt like it was and also being gaslit into the fact that like all my friends that were there were like oh he didn't even do anything like he didn't like he didn't like I can't say that on YouTube or you know or he didn't essay you he didn't like he, basically saying like oh because he didn't have sex with me while I was unconscious it wasn't bad so that I think that has really warped intimacy for me damn that just like hit me like a truck I like when I think about that like for like and that that's the thing that we're going to talk about is like for years I was like oh it wasn't that bad because I was gaslit by my friends into thinking that it didn't even happen because I because I didn't remember because I was drunk but I do remember I remember feeling uncomfortable and I remember being like get off of me get off of me and him not getting off of me so I think I, I, I think for like a couple of years, I was just like, oh, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. So like, you know, I can move on. And I didn't really confront that feeling or thoughts for like two or three years. And I think that really like just was not good for me. It wasn't. And it made me very abrasive towards men. And it made me think like, oh, I can never be with a man because that's all that they're going to do because I, I, I've never had a healthy relationship with a man. So like, but I was like 15 and I thought this way until like a couple months ago where like men, all they're going to do is hurt me. All that they're going to do is betray me because that's all, that's all that men have ever done to me is that. So why try to amend or try to you know work on this if it's just working with it's like Russian roulette with a fucking loaded gun so we're gonna take a break because I'm at the 25 minute mark and when we get back we're gonna talk about some coping skills bye all right we're back okay so we're talking about coping mechanisms how we can help ourselves through stuff like this And I think my best advice, at least for me, is to not let fear dictate you. And I know that's a broad statement. And 
it's something I still struggle with to this day. And I have extreme, I think my biggest fear in my life. And it's a really big one is feel fear of failure or rejection. And it still dictates parts of my life. I won't lie. I am scared of regression. I'm scared of falling back a few steps. My biggest fear in my life is to regress back to where I was when I was at my worst. And I think the other side of the coin is always going to be that I hit rock bottom when I was at my worst. And I don't think I could hit a harder rock bottom than that, than being where I was. And I don't think I will ever be in that place again. And maybe I'll hit rock bottom in another area of my life. But when it comes to my struggle with addiction and alcoholism, I don't think I'll ever hit a rock bottom like that again. I hit, (laughs) I don't, I, I hit the deepest of rock bottoms I could have hit when it comes to that area. So I, I know I'm over that. And when it comes to letting fear dictate you, I I follow by this quote, or at least I I watched this Joe Rogan podcast the other day and he was like explaining how people are so scared to fail. People are so scared to, you know, this could even just be a general statement. Like if you're scared, you're going to fail your entire life and, you know, you're making sure that you're not making mistakes and you're always people pleasing and you're always making sure that what you're saying to people is what they want to hear then one day you're going to be 80 and you're going to look back at your life and be like I could have done everything different and I could have done and said what I wanted to say and what have I wanted to do but I didn't because I was scared about what people were going to think of me or I was scared that um, people are going to look at me differently and the positive that comes out of me at least is that people have always thought of me differently. People have always thought of me as the lowest in the social scale. People have always made fun of me, whether it was my height, my weight, my appearance, my sexuality, whatever it is, people have always found a way to make fun of me. And No matter what I do, people will find a way to make fun of me. And I finally come to a point in my life where like those little factors and people trying to find ways to make fun of me have become less and less. The more that I focus on myself and the more that I do what I want to do. There are more things that people, there are less things that people can make fun of about me. And when I was younger, I thought it would be the other way around. That if I wanted to do what I wanted to do, that there would be this uproar of people like calling me a freak and a loser. But people were calling me a freak and a loser when I was conforming and trying to impress everybody. Because people see right through it. And you don't think people can, but they do. And that's why they make fun of you, depending on what your situation was. But that was mine, at least. I don't let fear overcome me anymore of course I'm scared when these things with guys happen but I don't let it dictate my life if they're gonna think I'm a bitch because I said no so fucking be it if I don't want something to happen I won't let it happen 
I've spent a lot of time in my adolescence and my childhood letting people walk all over me and getting mad about it later. And then I look like a bitch. I'd rather look like a bitch knowing I did the right thing for myself. Because the minute that you feel like you feel bad for being mean is the minute that the other person's feelings are more important than yours. Listen, I don't feel good when I say no or, or, you know, even when it comes to just people in general. I'm not just talking generally about my experiences with men. I'm talking about people in general. It never feels good to tell somebody no. But if you know in your heart, wait, let me fix this autofocus. Damn. If you know in your heart that that is the answer that you believe in, that you think is right then you should say what you feel. It's going to feel like shit and it's going to be uncomfortable most times to be like, no, I don't want to do that. Or no, that makes me uncomfortable. Hey, can you not talk to me like that? Of course, it's going to suck. And the other person is probably going to throw it right back in your face and be like, well, I don't care what I say goes, blah, blah, blah. But the chances of changing whatever you want to change and you saying something, the chances of it changing will go up. Opposed to the other way around where you know let's say you're getting walked all over and people are telling you what to do and you're uncomfortable with the work environment and you just sit there and take it because that's what you think you deserve and that's what you think you're supposed to do listen I work in a place where it is very upscale it could be a little cutthroat sometimes I deal with that aspect of it and I've never dealt with any abusive behavior there But I've had jobs where I've worked at where it is just as upscale and it is cutthroat like that and managers have become abusive and I've left and been like, you're not going to talk to me like this because that's not how you talk to people regardless of what my job position is. It doesn't matter. I would never talk to you like that. And if I talked to you like that, you'd probably fire me. So you can't let fear dictate you. It's going to suck saying some things but if you feel like you have to you should um that's my best coping mechanism is to just go with what your gut or your heart or your mind is telling you to say because if you restrict that voice inside of you it will eventually go away and things will never go your way because that voice inside of you that was strong it won't be there anymore it won't and I let that little voice go for a little while when I was in high school I won't lie When I was like 15 through like 17, I just did what, whatever I thought I was supposed to do, dressed however I thought I was supposed to dress. In, in regards of like relationships, I guess. I mean, I was dressing pretty crazy. I looked pretty crazy, but I conformed to a lot of bullshit that I wasn't supposed to be conforming to. And I just let it go because I thought, you know, I've had friends that are, I've always had friends that are older than me. So then age goes into it where it's like, okay, well, they're older, so they know more. Wrong. Wrong. Not right. So I've been in a couple relationships where the partner is emotionally and physically abusive. So because of my stature and how big I am, when people would hit me, I would not hit them back because I'd probably hurt them. 
So I would be like, okay, we're not going to hit me, but I would just let it keep happening, which is fucked up. And, you know, it sucks because like, you know, I was 15, 16. So like I knew better, but I didn't know like how to approach. Like if you touch me again, I'll kill you. <laughs> so because you can't talk to people like that. And I had a friend come over a couple weeks ago and same friend and she laid her hands on me because she was getting frustrated and she started um getting frustrated and like antsy smacked me in the face as hard as she could looked around and was like I looked at her I said if you ever do that again you're going home you're gonna take the train all the way back to Long Island never put your hands on me again like, and I could have easily just left it as, like, get the fuck out of my house. But I wanted to put my foot down because I never did. And she didn't. She didn't even think about it. Because back then, if I, I never said that back then. So, like, she just kept doing it because it was like, oh, like, she will never tell me no because she's scared of me. And she was right. I was scared of like, I wasn't scared of her. Like, I wasn't scared she was going to hurt me. I was scared of like losing her as a friend because I said to stop touching me and like hitting me. So like, and that's what's crazy about how different I am in the past year. Like, I just don't take bullshit anymore. It's very hard for me to be like, okay with people acting like fucking idiots. Um, But that's the best advice I can give anybody is to not let the fear of what other people think of you and what the fear of asking for what you want dictate your life. Because like I said, like my coffee spilled. No. <laughs> it's okay. I'll let her um soak in the carpet a little bit. It was only a little bit. I'm like, it was only a little bit. It was a whole thing. Um, that's okay. We'll worry about it in a little bit. So, whatever. Um, I've never been timid. I've never been, like, shy, but I've always been very afraid of what people will say if I say what I want. And I just... I don't know what happened or what changed. I think it was when I stopped drinking. And I think that was like the first step was like using that ideology with myself was like, okay, I was scared of what was going to happen if I stopped drinking, what my life would look like, what, what my friends would think, you know, I would lose a lot of friends because it's like all our friendship consisted of was like getting drunk and getting high. So like if I stopped drinking and if I stopped smoking, like what is our friendship going to consist of? What are they going to think of me? Are they going to leave me? Let's just keep drinking because like that thought, the thought of that is too scary. So it wasn't, you know, the main struggle, like stopping wasn't the hardest part. It was what my life was going to look like. What, what me as a person was going to look like after that, you know, I didn't want to lose what I was comfortable with. And that's an uncomfortable feeling that I just needed to get over. And I did. And I lost the people that I lost weren't my real friends. And the people that stood by my side are my real friends. You, you need to understand that like 
you can't be scared of lose if you're scared to lose somebody over a superficial stupid reason like that they probably aren't your friend and if you're okay with that that's on you but if you want to be real with yourself and have real people around you you need to just be like is this person going to stay by my side through an uncomfortable thing like this if they if you truly think that they're that they're your real friend they will so i lost if not all of my friends i kept one and i made some really great ones after that and as much as i don't keep in touch with them anymore like it's it happened and i needed those people when i needed them and i they needed me when i when they needed me and that's what friendship is. That's another thing I've gotten over where it's like you make a friend, they're not going to be there forever. And I had really bad like commitment. I still I still have bad commitment issues when it comes to relationships. Like I, I've talked about it on here where like I really, really like somebody and it's not even me liking the idea of them. It's just me actually liking somebody and then they like me back and it's like it starts to get serious and I'm like, oh, pfft. because I don't know if it's as, as intense as what I'm about to say, but I wrote about it the other day. I think it's more of like them seeing the insecurities that I'm insecure about, you know, because when you get in a relationship like that, especially with a man, because with women, it's a little bit different with men. They tend to see your insecurities. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> I, I, at least for me, men are more, you know, blunt, or at least the men that I've been with or the men that I like, they're more outspoken about these insecurities that women are a little bit more shy to say right away. And men don't really care for the most part, but they do see them and they are blatantly blunt about seeing them. And I don't want to get close enough with somebody for them to just be throwing out things that I haven't healed from yet. And that's on me. That is on me. But it's the reason why I am so afraid of commitment. It's like somebody seeing all of me and I'm still not okay. I'm, I'm okay with myself. I'm just still not healed over all of me yet. And I think a lot of men are also afraid of all of me. And that also makes me feel a little bit insecure too because I'm not, I don't know. I think me being sober scares a lot of men. Like, why are you sober at 18? Like, was your problem really that bad? And then I have to explain what my problem was. I mean, I don't have to, but I do. Um, I have to explain why I don't drink anymore, why I don't smoke why um i'm so guarded and when i explained to people what i was like when i was 15 all of a sudden that that smile turn like just fucking goes away and that's a part of a relationship is explaining like you know who you were and you know what you did in your past and like a real relationship is explaining your life to somebody and every time i've gotten to that point people seemed a little bit freaked out by the person that I was and that makes me feel very insecure and hurt and guarded now because of it because people are very much like you know 
they don't but they look at me and they don't think about that any of those things that I was which is great that's the reason why I did it you know that's the reason you know not the whole reason but the reason why I changed in the first place was to change my self-image and to love myself and you know not have people look at me and be disgusted and maybe that's a fucked up way to look at it but that's what happened when people look at me now they don't think for a second that I was bald and had shaved eyebrows and a coke addiction like people don't think that when they look at me now people did like back then but they don't now so like when I get really close with a man at least I you know they're like you know what were you like at this point in your life what were you like at this point what did you do in high school and I start to explain and they get freaked out and they're like what like and it makes me insecure and makes me not want to share my life with people and I think that's a really big issue that I need to work on but it that's why um I'm not ashamed of who I was, but other people seem to be. And then that makes me insecure about sharing myself. Because if I can't share myself with words, why am I going to share myself intimately with you? If you can't accept who I was or who I am, because that is a part of who I am still, is that ugly side. So that has been an issue as well. And I think that's a really the problem is like people can accept me for who I am now but then they see, you know, the other side of me and who I was and they're disgusted. That doesn't make me feel good. Why would that make me feel good? Because she's here in me still. You know, not that I'm proud of it, but I'm proud of how far I've come, which makes me proud of her. And people see or know that there's that side of me still and they're like disgusted by it. And I'm like, okay, then I don't want to share myself with you why would I want to share myself with you? So that's something I need to work on is maybe loving her a little bit more, that side of her. So I, you know, but I could also make the argument like, fuck you if you can't accept that side of me. I accept everybody. Like, because I get it. I I get what struggle is like. And I think the people that are disgusted by don't understand, like haven't struggled in that way. And they don't, they can't, cope or wrap their head around how somebody could do that or be like that so maybe I shouldn't be with those people but I keep attracting them so I just keep having to say no um but yeah I think today's episode was really great I had got a lot of shit off my chest that I needed to talk about but I spilled my coffee which makes me like really upset but I'm about to go to the gym so maybe I'll do an apartment tour um post it on my youtube channel um, I want to show you guys. It's like so kind and it's like me in here. I'm still waiting on a bunch of shit to come, but um, I'm happy. I am happy. I had a really good week. Worked 45 hours though. That was not fun. Not fun. That was so bad. I know, Okay. When I say 40 hours, like not like desk job, like on my feet, commute 12, 13 hour days every day, five days a week. So that is not fun. Um, but however, what else did I do? I went shopping. Oh, I'm so girly now. Like I hate how girly I am now, but look at my nails. If you're watching on YouTube, wait, focus, 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 focus. Look at her. Look at those nails. 
And I got my toes done, but I'm not going to show my feet on camera. And I'm going to get my hair dyed even blonder next week and get all these browns out. Ooh, look at my knee. Um, oh my God, my knee is so white. My legs are so white compared to my like whole body. Um, I'm just happy. I am. I'm living in New York and I have a job that pays really well. And I have my own apartment and I play Pokemon Go like every day and I cook and I go to Trader Joe's and I can go to Central Park whenever I want and I can move and I'm starting my film. Oh my God, guys, I think I'm also going to go to France soon with my best friend, which is so exciting. Like, are you serious? I've never been there. Um, yeah, just all good things are coming and all good things are now. Okay. And I come on here and I know I can be a negative Nelly sometimes, but like that's real life. I'm kind of cynical sometimes and I don't mean it in a bad way, but I just am. Okay. And I love all of you and I love all of you that listen and you can check out my website and um, give me some recommendations for next episode. Or if anybody wants to be a guest, come over. I'm in La Ciudad and Nueva York. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, I will see you guys next Tuesday. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. As always, I will see you in two Tuesdays. Bye.